Hey, this is Steve Campbell from the C3 Church. Thank you for joining us for this podcast. Our prayer for you is that you'll be blessed, equipped, and enabled as you listen to this message. God bless you. Rachel Morstan is in the house. Get a bit up for Rachel Morstan. She's here to share the word with us here this morning. Rachel, if you don't know, is from Soul Church over in Norwich. And she's good friends, her her and husband Steve, friends of Steve and I, and friends of many of you here. They've coached and they've mentored and they've supported many of our team. And uh, we just know that we've just got a great future together. Rachel has birthed something new recently. She's birthed a new book. And it's called Finding Your Voice, which is an outworking of a course that she does to help particularly women to find their voice, to stand in the calling that God's got for them and to encourage them to use that voice that God's given to them. So you can purchase that. It's like a week old. This little baby is just a week old. So you get to have an opportunity to buy it today at the next set of stands. But can we have a very, very warm C3 welcome to Rachel Morrison as she comes to the set. Thank you, my wonderful friend. Thank you. Oh, I love being here. I love being with family. It really does feel like family. Thank you, Pastor Steve and Angie, for your consistent friendship, encouragement, cheering us on. Since Steve and I first moved back from Australia to England, you've constantly been there, especially Angie, cheering me on with that book, cheering me on with everything to do with family and my day-to-day life, as well as what we're doing with ministry. I so appreciate it. You've got outstanding pastors that genuinely want to empower you. They genuinely want to. They want you to live a life of all that God's called you to. I came in here on Friday night and had a big week. And my auntie had passed away and I came in and I heard Pastor Angie preach and I just took a breath. And there's something about breathing in the presence of God and breathing out all of our challenges and cares, our highs and our lows. We all have them. But thank God, his word is actually alive and powerful. His words, I want to say hi to all of you online this morning as well, watching with us and those at our locations out at Colchester and Berry, we love you. Those that are watching in the prisons too, it's so wonderful. You are loved and you are valued. But the Word of God can literally, has the power to change your life. Yeah, we know that. But we don't only read it to apply and to gain knowledge and to gain information. Did you know that when we read God's word, it's literally like breathing in the breath of God? In, in, in Timothy 3.16, it says, God has, in the Passion Paraphrase, God has transmitted his very substance into every scripture. It is God breathed. How many are ready for God to breathe? into your life this morning. We're gonna say a a few scriptures together in a moment, but can I just encourage you, put your hand on your heart to get ready for God to speak to you. Lord Jesus, right now, we give you permission to speak to our hearts. Lord, that you would deliver this message from your heart, through my heart, to every precious heart here to my breathe girls on the front row, I love you darlings, to everyone from the oldest to the youngest, whether you're visiting today, whether you're watching online, I thank you that every heart is precious and important to you. And I don't know what's going on in every heart, but Spirit of God, you do. So divide this heart, this message up hundreds of ways to exactly the way we need it and transform us 
as we read and receive your word this morning in Jesus' name. I wonder what your expectation is or what it was at the start of the year. Can you believe we're almost halfway into the year? What's your expect? I feel like I've just got over Christmas. Is anyone else with me? Like, summer was so long coming, wasn't it? Um, but what is your expectation? Because the level of your impartation will be determined by your level of expectation. Whether you came in here this morning expecting to receive from God, I know at Breathe Conference Friday night, I came expecting and I received. We need something more than our external circumstances and our personality to determine our expectation, right? Because some of us are naturally positive and some of us are very real. My husband and I, my, my husband is very real. He would be, you know, looking at the situation, circumstances, very wise. I would be more like the faith girl, positive, come on, let's, let's do this, let's make this happen. But thank God, our what he imparts into our lives doesn't depend on how our personality is or what our circumstances are, but it's according to his word. And I want to, this morning to bring a word to you that's going to lift your level of expectation. I realized at the start of each year, I would ask God for a word for the year. And I was, it was maybe the fifth or sixth day into the year, and I still hadn't got my word for the year. And I was walking over to my mum's house, not far from where we live, my parents, to get a coffee. And I was thinking through the fact that I am naturally positive I started to realize that I don't know if it's because problems seem to come faster and thicker the older you get, but I found myself being a little less positive and faith-filled. And I found myself, when I speak God's word, yes, I absolutely believe it for others, wasn't as powerful in really deeply believing it for myself, being completely honest because I was tending to look at the situations. Sometimes we do that as Brits, don't we? We can be more confident about speaking negative than speaking positive. And, and for me, I'm analyzing what's going on, and, I'm, and I'm, it could be because of this and because of this. And I've realized our lives move in the direction of our strongest thoughts. So if our thoughts cause, but Jesus said, have the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks, our words then follow our thoughts and our actions follow our words. We need to change our thoughts and change our words. So I felt God challenged me, Rach, your word for this year needs to be declaration. And we are now halfway into the year and boy, have I been tested on that word. Declaration. I wanted to speak those things that are not as though they are. I wanted to declare the goodness of God and the power of his word. So the power, the title of this message that I want to bring to you today, because I felt like it's been a battle for me, and it could be a battle for some of you as well. And today, I want to encourage us to really speak God's word and bring breakthrough in every individual areas of our lives. So what does God's word? Are you ready to read God's word? Can we speak this together? Hopefully, it's going to go up on the screen. And what does God's word say? about our words. First of all, Proverbs 18, 21. Let's say this together. Let's declare it. Steve's ready to go. Come on. Are you ready to go? Are you ready to go, Les? 
You ready? You ready, Beatrice? You ready? We're ready? You ready, girls? Okay, ready. Death and life are in the power of the tongue, and those who love it will eat its fruit. Psalm 92. It is a good to give thanks to the Lord, to declare your loving kindness in the morning and your faithfulness every night. Romans 10. The Word, God's message in Christ, is near you, on your lips and in your heart. That is the word, the message, the basis and object of faith which we declare. Joel 3, let the weak say, I am strong. Mark 11, Jesus said, for assuredly I say to you, whoever says to this mountain, be removed and cast into the sea and does not doubt in his heart, but believes those things he says will be done. He will have whatever he says. How powerful is the word of God? These words, these scriptures that are God-breathed that you have just declared are saying that our lives personally are changed The lives of those around us are changed by our words and our words please God. Proverbs 18, 21 says you will eat the fruit of your words. How many know that fruit doesn't come up overnight? It's not a name it and claim it. It's a seed that's sown in the ground. It has to take root. It has to be watered. It has to mature day in, day out, month after month, season after season. God's word will not return void. It will produce what we speak out the fruit of our lips. Psalm 92, it's a good thing to give thanks to the Lord, declare your loving kindness in the morning, your faithfulness every night. Again, when I walk and pray in the morning, I'm like, thank you, God, for your kindness today. Thank you for your love today. And now we've got lovely sunny evenings. I'm going out again in the evening and I'm saying, thank you, God, for your faithfulness today. You've been so good. Whatever kind of day we've had, psychologists tell us that morning and evening, first thing in the morning, last thing at at night, we're most vulnerable to depression, anxiety, worry, and fear. And this is when we need to declare God's loving kindness in the morning, his faithfulness every night. Romans 10 says, it starts with our mouth. And then that conviction drops into our hearts and it becomes something that is us. We become the message. We live the message. Joel Osteen is a pastor of one of the largest growing churches in America. He's full of great declarations. He says, don't use your words to describe the situation. Use your words to change the situation. Mark 11, Jesus is teaching his disciples how to pray, and he's telling them to speak to the mountain and command it to be moved into the sea. And whatsoever things you have in prayer, believe you will receive. We've got to stop talking to our problem, stop talking to our, our, about our problem, and start talking 
to our problem. We've got to stop focusing on the situation, what the problem is, and start talking to our God how big and how great he is, and he's able to do more than we can ask or think. So don't talk about your mountain, talk to your mountain. That was me. I'd spent too much time talking about it. But you might think, oh, Rach, that's all well and good for you. You're obviously quite positive. And I am. Can I tell you, I have my moments. So as Pastor Angie was kindly talking about my book, I was reflecting in the times over my life and in the past year where I haven't been very positive in my declarations and very life-giving. Can I let you into a bit of insight into the Morstan family? Actually, we've got a picture of our family. There's Steve and the girls, Melody and Mercy, and we're on holiday and it, Melody is um, oversees the worship at Soul Church. She, she was in uh, Australia for a couple of years. And during the pandemic, we all lived there and we moved back five years ago. Melody stayed to study. And that's Mercy in the middle. She's doing exams, A-levels at the minute. Anyone doing their A-levels, GCSEs, God bless you. Praying for you. You've got this. You've got this miracle. You need a miracle. And um, anyway, we... How many know when you've paid a bit of money for a holiday, you want it to be good? And if there's any mums like me, I had high expectations. We have Melody home after two and a half years in the pandemic. Angie knows there was a lot of tears. Wasn't able to see her. We're all together. I want it to be perfect. Day four, we're in line at what's supposed to be the happiest place on earth. And we're not very happy. And my daughter, Melody, had us on a tight schedule. One daughter wants to go on that ride. Another daughter wants to go on that ride. We're standing in a long queue. Steve does not like long queues. He's getting more and more impatient. I'm kind of thinking by the fourth day, I could actually do with a book by the pool. And everyone's getting on everyone's nerves. And suddenly, the ugly side of Rachel comes to the surface. The little drama queen comes out. And... I wasn't positive in my declaration. I wasn't life-giving. In fact, with tears of anger in my eyes, I just kept quiet and kept quiet and suddenly it all came out. I let them have it. I mean, I gave it to them. I said, you are impatient, you are selfish, you don't appreciate this holiday and Steve, you need to look like you're a bit more interested and a bit more, um, stop taking sides. And I was so wound up, you know when you're so wound out, you're shaking, you know. And they looked at me like, oh, sorry, sorry, mum. You know, I think they were a bit taken back by it. It was average the rest of the day and I remember getting back to the hotel that night and because we'd rushed out in the morning, hadn't had time to read the word and I opened God's word and I read the Bible in a year and the scripture for that day, you know, an Old Testament, a New Testament, a Psalm and a proverb. And my proverb for that day, what was it? Proverbs 14 verse one. Every wise woman encourages and builds up her family. Seriously, I was slapped. A foolish woman will tear it down with her words and actions. And I remember saying, oh God, I'm so sorry. I already felt bad about it, but now I've really felt bad. And so I got out my phone and I started to write things that I loved about each one, Melody, Mercy, Steve. That night at dinner, I got my phone out because I wanted to be very specific. And I said, look, I'm, I'm really sorry about today. And I actually so appreciate this about you, Melody, and, about, and went through all of them. It changed the atmosphere. 
And then they started saying nice things about their mum. So <laughs> that, that was good too. But, but it changed the actual, not just the atmosphere that night, but the rest of that holiday because we eat the fruit of our words. Now, you might think that's not life and death. Of course, it's, it's, a, it's a bit of fun. But we literally, day in and day out, will eat the fruit of our words. What fruit is growing in your life? What fruit is growing in your family, in your marriage, in your kids? So I want us to take three things away. First of all, declarations frame your future. Are you with us, Barry? Love you guys. What you say every day will make a difference to your future. I'm not just talking about reading God's word. I'm talking about speaking and believing God's word. I'm sure we all want a fruitful year a fruitful second half of the year. And that comes from speaking out. Psalmist David, Psalm 23, 6, something we quote regularly, Psalm 23, surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life. That's not just on the darkest days or the last day. We often hear Psalm 23 at funerals, but it's all the days of my life. We declare that. We need to declare like Jesus did in Luke chapter four, his purpose for coming to the earth. He's anointed to declare the good news. We need to declare what God has called us to do. Romans 4, 17, it's God who gives life to the dead and calls those things which do not exist as though they did. So we speak according to God's word. What doesn't exist right now in my family that I'm believing can? What doesn't exist right now in my health diagnosis that I'm believing can? What doesn't exist right now in our calling and ministry, Angie and Katie? Where, in fact, Katie preached the other night and she was, was it the other night? Was it yesterday? I feel like it's, it was an incredible message. I thought she was going to pinch my message because she was talking about declaration. But we, we, can, we need to be able to speak to our futures, don't we? We need to declare. We're called to speak God's word. We're called to teach. We're called to be business owners. We're called to be a mom. We're called to work in the medical field. Whatever it is that God has put in your heart to do, we need to declare it. Craig Rochelle is a pastor in, in America. He speaks on the power of declaration. I remember being very challenged by writing down some of my daily purposes very practically, as declarations. Now, I've shared these with a few friends, but I thought I'd be honest and share them with you this morning. Is that okay? Some of the things, they're literally on my phone. They come up in my reminders every day to declare these things. And this is some of what I say to each day. I say, I love, live, and am dependent on God's word, inspiring others to do the same. I'm encouraging, loving wife to my husband, Steve. Now, there's some days where I really am not, but I say it anyway, because remember, it's day in. I don't say them every day, but most days. And our lives and priorities are defined by our passion to love and serve Jesus, fulfilling his call in our lives. I'm a great mom to my girls, confidently giving input to their lives with a commitment to nurture their dreams and calling. And sometimes I don't get that right. 
but I say it anyway. We will always connect heart to heart. My children will be taught of the Lord and great will be their peace. They will act with godly wisdom. And even when they're not, I keep declaring it. I wake up with purpose and direction and meaning every day of my life. I have a strong, healthy back with energy to do all I'm called to do. I'm called to preach God's word. I'm called to coach pastors and encourage them. I'm joy-filled and I carry a positive life-giving confession. I bring an atmosphere of faith and expectation to those around me. I'm passionate about pursuing my dreams and calling and helping others achieve theirs. I'm confident that the good work he started in me, he is faithful to complete it. I can do all things through my God who strengthens me. My God shall supply all my need according to his riches in glory. His grace is sufficient. His strength is perfected in my weakness. Thank you. But it's, it's those declarations that you can make over your life each day, and there's plenty of times I do not feel like what I declare. But it's putting those seeds in the ground that take root, that mature, that day after day, month after month, season after season, I am seeing the fruit of those words. What are you believing God for? For your future. Start declaring it. So first of all, your declaration frames your future. Secondly, your declaration fights your fears. What about when you're heading into your future and there's a massive big obstacle in the way? How many love the story of David and Goliath? I think one of the most powerful declarations, it's a childhood story. I love since childhood, but it's one of the most powerful declarations, I think, in the Word of God. Because you get young David, who's a shepherd boy, who comes to where the Philistine army and the Israelite army, the, the Philistines are taunting the people of God, and their hero Goliath, a nine-foot ironclad giant, is booming across the valley every morning, every night, intimidating the people of God. And little David, with his little faithful shepherd's tunic and his sling, he says, how dare this uncircumcised? Philistine challenged the armies of the living God. And something arises in him, and he goes out to defeat that giant. But you know what? The battle or the solution happens, the victory happens right in his declaration. His declaration precedes the action. His declaration unleashes his destiny. And this is what he says to that giant. You come to me with a sword and with a spear and with a javelin, but I come to you in the name of the Lord of hosts, the God of the armies of Israel whom you have defied. This day, the Lord will deliver you into my hand and I will strike you and take your head from you. And this day, I will give the carcasses of the camp of the Philistines to the birds of the air and the beasts of the field, and the earth will know that there is a God in Israel. Then all the assembly shall know that the Lord does not save with sword and spear, for the battle is the Lord's, and he will give you into our hands. What a declaration. Little David, there's a David in each one of you. Each one of you girls, there's an Esther, there's a Deborah, the mighty men and women of God that made some great declarations. You know, that declaration meant that he flung that, that sling, killed Goliath, chopped off his head, silencing his words forever. 
unleashed his destiny to become the king of Israel. It was part of God's purpose and plan. You see, when we declare those obstacles and those giants, it unleashes our destiny and our purpose because God has a purpose and plan for each one of us. He steps into that and through David comes the very lineage of Jesus himself. Not every one of you will face a nine-foot giant. Dear God, I hope not. But there'll be lots of giants in our lives. For some of you, you've come across a medical report this week. For some of you, it's loss. For some of you, it's a huge mountain of financial strain. But I can encourage you, let something rise up within you. How dare this situation come against the living God? He is able. And when we need to raise our voice, every time fear raises its voice, and our voice needs to be louder. A scripture I regularly say, this is one of my daughter's favorite scriptures, Proverbs 31. She is clothed with strength and dignity. She laughs without fear of the future. She speaks words that are wise. That's for all the girls, all the men. You're clothed with integrity, with strength, with honor, and have no fear of the future. So remember, declarations frame your future. Secondly, declarations fight your fears. Fight your fears. The word of God is, like, is living powerful like a two-edged sword. This is how we fight our battles. Now the song, this is how I fight my battles. We literally fight the battles of the word of God. And thirdly, if the team could come up, your declarations fuel your faith. Now, it's one thing to have faith for our future, faith over those obstacles, but we need faith for the day-to-day -day miracles. You see, God is interested in our day-to-day -day lives. And if we move forward to the New Testament now, the New Testament, there's something about when people shouted out, it got Jesus' attention as he was passing by. You know, with a woman who reached out and touched his garment. There's a man, and they call him Bartimaeus. I love that he's named, because often the people that Jesus healed are not named. And he's named and he's mentioned in many of the Gospels, so it's significant. And if you picture, there's the road that Jesus is heading to Jerusalem for his last time before he goes to the cross, about a week before, and the streets are lined with beggars. And beggars would be issued a government cloak that would legitimize their, their role as a beggar. And they would shout out, arms, arms. And they would, so it was quite common for them to be shouting. And Jesus is going through and they're all shouting. And we pick the story up. Jesus, when he heard, the, the man Bartimaeus heard that Jesus of Nazareth was there, he began to cry out, Jesus. Son of David, have mercy on me. And they warned him, shh, shush. But he cried out all the more. Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. And Jesus stood still and commanded him to be called. They called the blind man saying to him, be of good cheer. Right, he's, he's calling you. He's calling you. And he cast aside his garment. He no longer needed that which he'd grown dependent on for his livelihood. And Jesus answered and said to him, what do you want me to do for you? He's saying to you today, what do you want me to do for you? The blind man said, Rabbi, that I may receive my sight. Jesus said to him, go your way. Your faith has made you well. And Jesus, immediately he received his sight and followed Jesus. 
Jesus sees you in the crowd. He hears your voice. I talk in my book, Finding Your Voice, about some of the external voices and internal voices that can prevent us from finding who we are, but they can also prevent us from grabbing hold of our miracle because we think it's more important for everybody else. And we think we're just one of many lining the streets. You're one of many sat here this morning, but He sees you. He hears the cry of your heart. Whether it's been verbalized or whether it's internal, He hears and He understands. And He's saying, come to me, come to me. Ignore the others, ignore those internal voices. What I've got isn't big enough. What I've got isn't important enough. Push past them, silence those voices and speak out the name of Jesus. You know, if David hadn't overcome the giant with his declaration, he would never have become king of Israel. And this man, blind blind Bartimaeus, would never be saying, Jesus, son of David. You see, our declaration impacts not only us, but future generations. And it makes all the difference. Just in these closing moments, I felt to share with you a story of when I cried out to Jesus last August. And Angie will know this, I hurt my back. I was in so much pain, so much agony with my back. I've had back issues on and off for many years and I've been doing quite well with it. But I heard it and Steve almost, he had to carry me to the bathroom. I had six weeks of agony. I'd I'd been to the doctors, I'd got strong painkillers. I had to cancel some appointments, a 40th birthday party. In fact, your 40th church anniversary, I couldn't come. I I was just so upset that I was missing out on so many things that actually these internal voices were saying, Rach, the older you get, the worse this is gonna be. This is gonna affect the call of God on your life. You're not gonna be able to travel. I used to come into church like this and sit on the front row. And when the time came to sit down, I'd have to go out. I was embarrassed. I was worried about what people think. And we were due to go on a trip to America. Our friends were paying for us, which is very kind, to fly over there and go to Gateway Conference. And I didn't think I was gonna be able to make it. And a few well-meaning people were saying, Rachel, it's not wise that you travel, but I knew I needed to push past even well-meaning voices. I knew I needed to be there. And they managed to get me on a flight that had empty seats. I was laying across the seats all the way there and I arrived relatively intact, but I was hobbling along. The next day, my friend Becky said, come with me to our women's Bible study group. And I walked into this house, about 30 women that I didn't know. They welcomed me with open arms. And they said, Rach, introduce yourself to the girls in the room. I said, look, I'm, I'm, I'm not gonna be able to sit long because I've got a really painful back. And as I started talking to them, I said, I'm coming, believing God for a miracle. I'm expecting God to do something. And I started to cry. And I felt really embarrassed because I was vulnerable in a room full of people I didn't know. And I was trying to be on my best behavior and be this, you know, the, my friend, it's her, her pastor friend from England. And I'm, I'm like, I was literally a basket case because then they decided they would pray for me. I said, I'm coming expecting God for a miracle at the conference. This is a few days before they said, let's pray now. Never underestimate the power of people standing with you, speaking the name of Jesus on your behalf. See, I'm so used to giving out and giving out and giving out. I was so overwhelmed but to be the one receiving. 
and they started praying for me. They gathered round, they prayed for my back, they found out what Steve's name and our girl's name, and they prayed into that, and they spoke the name of Jesus over and over again, and I cried and cried and cried, all my makeup off, I had a white dress, remember it was all dripping down, I was so embarrassed and so vulnerable, but I didn't care, because God touched my back. Do you know what, He didn't just touch my back, since then till now, I'm completely pain-free since last September till now. When I felt free internally, and when I got back home, my physio the next day, because I'd booked in an appointment for the next day thinking I'd need it, and she said, what's happened? You've done a long haul fly and you're better. Do you know what I had to do? I had to lay aside that comfort blanket, that cloak, by telling her I had prayer. I've been healed, because in my mind I'm thinking, oh, I might need to come back to her in the future. That's a big statement. And then I told our staff, and again, I'm telling you, because it's one thing to believe God for a miracle, but it's another thing to outwork it. Because in your mind, you think, is it gonna come back? Is that gonna happen again? Because it's our human thinking. But I'm thanking God as I daily declare, Jesus, Jesus, I know your power is greater. I know that by your stripes, I'm healed. And I'm walking every day in that victory. I wonder if we could stand together and in these closing moments, what are you believing God for? There's something in your future that you need to declare that you've been tossing and turning at night and worried about the outcome for a family member. Maybe some of you have had fear that's gripped you at times and you need to speak the name of Jesus into that situation. Maybe you need a miracle breakthrough like me and it's something that's plagued you for too long. I wonder if you could put your hands up for any of those things. Two hands if you're like, God, I'm really desperate. Like Bartimaeus, we're reaching out right now. Like young David, we are reaching out and we're taking hold of what Jesus has already taken hold for us. And we're speaking those things that are not as though they are. Right now, we're gonna speak the name of Jesus. We're gonna sing the name of Jesus. And online, those of you who are watching in Barrie and Colchester, if you could stand too, let's declare this together in Jesus' name. We declare over our family, we declare over our situation that Jesus, Your name is all powerful. I thank You for miracles. Come on, let's sing together. Thank you for listening to this podcast. We pray it's been a blessing to you. Why not share it with your friends and family through social media? If you're not on the regular podcast list, then why don't you subscribe? Thank you especially to those that give. If you want to give to this ministry, you can go to our website, thec3.uk slash giving and get involved. God bless you.